Silky Sanborn Smith sounds. Oh, baby. Hello, you maniacal doodlebugs. This is your homicidal horsefly host, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his psychopathic podcast, Beware the Praying Mantis. Enjoy a Memorial Day breakfast dedicated to one of our most famous generals with some eggs Benedict Arnold. Just when you think it's settled in your belly, it turns around and comes right back up. Think of it as a two-for-one special. Today's story, as its title suggests, is about one hell of a fight, but maybe not the kind you're thinking of. Wait, since you know this show so well, probably exactly the kind you're thinking of. Still being contrary? It's time for a slugfest! And also the other kind of slugfest! Slugfest by Matthew Sanborn Smith! The town council of Periphery, Alabama watched those bulls run every year on TV, but it took until 1997 for them to realize that the answer to all the town's problems was right there in Pamplona, and thus ended their ferocious case of PR envy. They didn't have bullfights in Periphery, or even bulls, but what they did have, and in droves, were slugs. And so, once a year, at the height of slug season, the young men of the region dressed in white clothes with red neckerchiefs and waistbands and ran with the slugs. At about 9 a.m., when the gates of the slug pen were open, the slugs spilled out onto the street, with cameras running and flashes flashing and grown men screaming, the runners raced to the nearest outdoor bar, about 50 feet away. Then everyone drank margaritas. By dusk, the slugs would catch up to the men, but by this time, everyone was too drunk to notice them. Most of the slugs were squashed beneath the revelers' feet or shriveled miserably and spilled margarita salt. Occasionally, someone woke up the next morning to find they'd been gored by a slug. Either that or they had a little snot on them. It was kind of hard to tell. Those few slugs that survived the running faced the matador in the slug fighting ring. The slug was first softened up by the picadors, a pair of slug fighters with lances who fought on horse back. Once their job was done, the picadors sometimes had a hell of a time shaking the gooey bastards off of their lance tips. Next, three banderilleros stuck the slug with toothpicks decorated with brightly colored paper, which they bought in bulk from the very non-local deli. Finally, the matador faced the slug with a red cape and sword. The slug with the red cape and sword was the most dangerous of all. The thing would be furious once it crawled out from beneath the cape. It would have been even worse if it could have lifted the sword. The matador would entice the slug into coming dangerously close to him as it swept past him at three feet per hour. The daring of the matador delayed the crowd and the young women of periphery showered him with coupons for cans of stewed tomatoes or 15% off of their next free consultation with their podiatrist. It was a dangerous sport, this slug fighting. Occasionally, a matador slipped on a slime trail and broke his ass. The broken ass was the leading cause of slug fighter death. But if the matador survived, he put an end to the death sport by running the slug through with the slug's own sword. The average slug fight lasted about eight days. When it was over, the crowd rushed from the stand to carve up the thoroughly tenderized slug for the great slug feed that night. Most of the town went hungry. In 2008, the nature of the slugfest was changed dramatically when PETA intervened. But the people of Periphery weren't angry, especially when they found they could charge snails from all over the state a ridiculous amount of money to visit every year and partake in the bounty of naked snail porn all around them. If this story made you want to slug your snail, you can wipe it and other squishy goomers at the URL in the Nautilus shell, BewareTheHairyMango.com. Demand satisfaction in the comments for this post, and when you realize you'll never be satisfied here, craft email me at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com and we'll get zany with your little sister's glitter glue. Or at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com and we'll tie Nell to the railroad tracks in a manner that is snide. For today only, the SF and SF signal stands for certain phantasms because we're spelling it like we think we're a cool 80s hair band, and like an 80s hair band, we aren't cool. If you need something to tie up your 
pigtails, however, we are the hairband for you. Tell your local jello mold artist on the street that if he worships this show like he should and tells everyone he knows to do the same, we'll give him all the moldy good wants, scraped freshly from our bathroom walls. There's always bathroom for jello. Tweet when we're pleat that following me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity is like following the anti-Miller light. Although it tastes awful, it's more filling, and that's pretty good, isn't it? Finance my deranged schemes for neighborhood domination by rolling your clicker over the donate button on the homepage, and then clicking. Your money will go to finance the siege engines I need to force the capitulation of the guy across the street. He's been lording his property all over me with his decorated mailbox and his roof. This podcast blossoms like a bubo beneath the armpit of a filthy plague-ridden Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 3.0 imported license. Conniving to spoon you, this will shortly be your forking host, Matthew Sanborn Silversmith, reminding you that although flattery will get you nowhere, notary will get you flatware. Good night.